0: Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 3rd of December. It is a Tuesday morning. It's cold by our standards, and also we're getting a ton of rain tomorrow, which is also something that they did not see coming this year they weren't sure if we were going to have a dry year because October was so hot and dry and now we're wet and cold so that's good we have winter and hopefully that will help us not be in a drought or stay in drought or go into drought after we get out of it like we normally do so today We are going to talk about lying. I am so sick of hearing lies. And then somebody saying, that's not me in the picture. Or you didn't hear what you heard or see what you saw. And I don't get how someone could actually straight face say that. But they figure if they deny, then now we have to prove. Even though we all thought and we thought for sure they got caught. But because they continue the denial process, we have to now fight. But I thought bigger than that, what is up with lying? Why do we lie? So I found these studies, and I I literally looked up studies on lying, because I heard that married couples, out of 10 conversations, may lie one, And it may not be a big lie. It may be like when you woke up or when you slept because what happens is we turn to lying when the truth feels troublesome. Like, well, why did you stay up so late? Why did you get home from work? Well, you know, you don't want to explain the whole thing and you just say, well, I was just tied up at work or whatever. That college student lie to their parents one out of five conversations. And the biggest reason is to avoid accountability, not really feel like talking in detail. You feel like it doesn't matter, and you just do that to make things go away. Where we get in trouble is where there's no empathy in conjunction with lying meaning that you lie for a purpose and you take somebody into your confidence by telling them something very close about you, something that normal people wouldn't tell each other. Like you may complain about a boss, like, hey, you know what? My boss came in and uh, he was drinking yesterday. And then you would say, because now they took you into their confidence, You take them into yours and you're like, yeah, I saw him do that the other day, the day before that as well. And then the liar with the no empathy will go back to the boss and not say that they kind of picked up this this story because they said something, but they will say, oh, so-and-so said that you came in the other day, which is a manipulation of lying and then cause the other person to get in trouble, even though you were the one that started it. So what's up with the whole lying thing? Why do we do it? What do we want back for the lie? Well, what happens is, for the most part, where there's smoke, there's fire. Sometimes someone may only tell you half a story, or a little bit of a story, but what makes us lie? Why do we choose it when we don't want to do it? When after we do it, we immediately go into guilt or relief that we were not yet caught? And then it's a catch-me-if-we-can game. And how about when we think we will lie, then fix the lie before anybody catches us? And that usually happens with people who embezzle. They think that they will pay it back before anybody knows, and then they realize if they can't pay it back today, they're not going to be in any better position to pay it back a year from now. So because we don't think things through, because a lie is a total ego move, it's always got a great entrance plan, and it has no exit plan other than getting caught. Because ultimately, the liar wants to get caught, because once you get caught, you start believing that you are in a safer world, even though you were the one that lied, believe it or not. It's crazy how that goes around. But when a liar doesn't get caught, they, they get better at lying. And so the lies get bigger and the things get harder to find and then you can't prove anything. And the other thing that happens through denial and creating different kinds of narratives that don't make sense, but they're so off the wall that now you're forced to look like you're kind of stupid for saying something. And so what happens is people get tired of it and they just stop listening, which is even more dangerous if a person is in a position to make change that affects you ultimately. So why do we do it? Well, it is documented as early as two years old. It's a lie. It's a developmental milestone like crawling or walking because it does require sophisticated planning, not thinking. I know it sounds like what's the difference between thinking and planning. I'll tell you where the breakdown is. But it does require a sophisticated planning mechanism to lie, because you have to have the ability to see a situation from another perspective, meaning if I told this person the truth, they will be upset, so I don't want to get in trouble, so I need to manipulate them. Well, what happens to that two-year-old, and that two-year-old becomes a four-year-old, six-year-old? 10 year old, 20 year old, 30 year old is that for most people, lying gets limited as we develop a sense of morality and the ability to self regulate. But if we can't do that, then we become the non empathy liars. We don't care what anybody thinks, we don't care who we hurt. We don't care what anybody knows about us because we have that internal greed going on and we need to get what we want at any cost, no matter what falls down around us. So we, we not only create the lie, but we believe if we say it enough, people will believe it and it will become true even though there's no chance of it actually being true. So all of this being said, right now we live in a world, and it was written in origins of truth, of black and white, polarized thinking. The people who are lying, even though they know the lie is true, it's a true lie, the irony of that sentence, but a true lie. And they will back it till the end. And then there's the ones with the truth who are going, how the heck could no one see that? And it's fascinating to watch people who lie. There was a man last year who killed his wife and two daughters. And his wife was pregnant. While they were gone at her parents' he. Embarked on an affair and then realized he doesn't want to go through divorce, so he found a plan to kill them. And then he did news conferences the next day. As people looked at him, here's a man who lost his wife and kids, and he's smirking. He had what they call duper's delight, where he really thought he was getting away from it. But in Origins of Truth, again said the meek are blind the meek shall inherit the earth who wants to really inherit the earth what do you want here that you're going to take back with you nothing you're not even going to take your body back with you you're going to leave that here too everything you do on earth stays on earth forget everything you do in vegas stays in vegas which i heard they're changing the slogan slogan coming up for the new year that everything you do you can only do in vegas but Everything you do on earth stays on earth. But the meek don't see it that way. They see it as, well, I'm here. Let me get everything I can. Let me get my way. And people, I don't care. And that man stood there in front of a camera, ready to give interviews. And thank God he did. Because had he not done that, it may have been very hard to catch him. Had he not had Duper's delight or ego telling him that no one can see him, he would never have done those interviews. But he did them. And so people with a trained eye for lying were going, something's wrong with him. Something's wrong with this situation. It's too tied up. It's too neat. He's smiling when he should be crying. how could he not feel to that level? Where is the break in a human being? So when we saw that, even a person who doesn't work with people, isn't really out to check out liars, also knew something was very wrong. Because a lie will always tell on itself. That was the drastic one. Now in politics, everything we see, no matter how bad it is, they either say, well, it's not that bad. As we're watching one situation after another, now we have so many situations that we can't even keep up. How many lawsuits are there? How many accusations are there? We're trying just to catch one and hold on to it. But the spinning plates around a lying mind will continue to spin because it's the only way they can distract, deceive, and continue the dysfunction. So those are the three things Christ always says, is you distract, deceive, and then you have the dysfunction. And then when we live in that dysfunction, we stop trusting our world. And that includes the liar. Stop trusting our world and it includes the liar. So let's say in real life you have a spouse who does lie. And you both know it. Neither of you will ever rest. And the fights as you continue in life will get more intense. They will get harder to run away from until one of the two of you runs away from the other. And usually the one that's being lied to runs away just to maintain their sanity. But let's say we have a child who's lying. You have to call them out on it. and You have to say that's not true. John, and that's not true because, and deep inside, you're glad that I caught you, because if I didn't catch you, one, you would think that I wasn't that smart, and two, you ultimately will not trust anyone, and that's not a great way to live. It will torture your life throughout your life if you accept lying as a mode of operation, as a working model to run your life by. If you really want to think about that, you know, they have business models, they have all these models. Well, what model are you running your life by? What model do you live by in your mind? What lines don't you cross? Because lying is a deterioration of our souls and our humanity. That's that's one of the things that we take lightly, we call things a white lie. But I have to tell you, when I first saw Christ and I knew I was embarking on telling people the story, I expected very much so to hear I was crazy. But the truth was that it was true. So when I said it, nobody said I was crazy, at least to my face, It did anger some people, and they came up with their own conclusions of what happened to me. But I was telling the truth. But let's say that I was lying. Well, if I was lying when that person walked away from me or that group of people left where I was speaking, within a day, maybe even by the time they got home, they will have forgotten. Because they're not physically in my space, in my world. And they just go right back to their world and it's a total non-event. Because a lie cannot stick. If you could think of a lie, it's like Teflon. You know those pans where you have a no stick? (laughs) That's a lie. But the truth goes in. It validates itself because deep inside we are hardwired to the truth. And it settles. You may not do anything with the truth yet. Yet maybe the next day you might be having lunch by yourself or driving by yourself or you're sitting at your desk at work and you go, wow, you know what, that makes sense. That's true that we're all made of truth, love, and purity. I know that I'm made up of that. And, and I know that I get injured in this way and that my life's decisions are reacting to that injury. And I I also know that when I do come from a place of love, things actually do work out. And we start reinforcing and growing, which is how the truth propels and why a lie cannot propel. So there was a Harvard cognitive neurologist, neuroscientist, his name is Joshua Green, and he said, that for most of us, lying takes a lot of work. I would say that's true for all of us unless we're dealing with mental illness because then they don't even remember they lie. And if you tell them, they will tell you you're lying. But for the healthy brain that has balance, it does take a lot of work to lie because you have to remember a lot of things. So in the studies he did, he presented, like, these study subjects with a, a chance to deceive for monetary gain. And while they gave them that chance to deceive for monetary gain, they were examining their brains in an MRI machine which mapped blood flow to the active parts of the brain. So this is the experiment. Some people told the truth Instantly and instinctively, they just weren't interested in the monetary gain for the lie. But other people did opt to lie, and they showed an increased activity in that frontal part of the brain, the control network of the brain. And it involved a difficult or complex thinking pattern. In the way the blood flowed in the MRI machine, and it suggested that there was that they were deciding between truth and dishonesty, and that's where we lose most of our energy. Because the minute we start saying, "Well, hmm, we're justifying now, and you know what? I could do this once, and once I get the money, then I'll tell the truth." Nobody will ever know, which they will. They won't know that particular lie, but in your energy, now you've added the capacity to lie, which people will pick up whether they realize it or not, because we are walking billboards of ourselves. Whatever we do is in our energy. We don't have to tell people I lie. People just won't trust you and they won't know why. And then you'll have a high turnover in your life and you'll have to keep getting new people until they actually have proof of why they feel that feeling and then they leave. But the study suggested that deciding between the truth and the dishonesty and ultimately after dishonesty, in follow-up visits with these people, he found that the people whose neural centers, reward centers, were more active when they won the money were also most likely to be among the group of liars, suggesting that when we lie We may have to do it with the inability to resist the temptation because of that kick in that dopamine, in that front of the brain where we get excited, so excited for the money that we got at the end of the lie, that when we lie, it's because we cannot resist the temptation. Of what we're getting back. So it goes back to the old adage. That when we have more pleasure than pain. We'll do something. If it brings us more pain than pleasure. We won't. And a lot of times habits that we have. Change. When the pain is too much. That's why we like to instinctively catch liars, because in the bigger picture, we believe that if we give them enough pain, they'll stop doing it. That's why it's so important for parents when your kids lie to never say, well, that's okay, that wasn't a bad lie, because it isn't the lie that's the issue, it's the habit of the lie that's the issue if we wait until they do a big enough lie for us to get upset. Because I've met parents who were just too busy to deal with the little white lies. But in studies it's found that the more somebody lies, the easier it gets. So you want to reel your child in because what's going to happen to them if they do continue to lie is that they're going to have a tough life ahead. And none of us want that for our kids. Because when we get used to lying, we're going to lie everywhere. A lie at work here and there, a lie to a partner here and there. And then when the people around you figure out that you lied, they will distance themselves. They won't even try to do it. They'll just be like, that's not good. It's like eating a bad food. Why would you do it? Or smelly food. We do eat a lot of bad food, but a smelly food that you just want to throw away because it smells so bad, that's how we respond in energy to someone who lies. Now, I go back to the first parts of some of the studies I found where married couples lie one out of ten times and college students lie one out of five times. Doesn't that make us all liars? Yes and no, I would go with the no because unless you lack empathy, because if you just do a quick, like, no, I didn't have time to do that today, and you tell them why, and you kind of over-exaggerate all the reasons because you don't want the person to feel like you don't care or whatever, over time you start to self-correct and you just say, you know what, I forgot about it. And I'm sorry, I'll get to it tomorrow. And as we flourish in our relationships, and as we flourish with ourselves, we no longer need to do that. There's times where I wanted to lie, and I would say to myself, it's not worth it. Let me take the hit now. And I did take the hits, and I got in a lot of trouble for them. And it was when I was with my parents, and they were just so strict that if I didn't lie, I couldn't even live in the way I thought life should be lived anyway. But they taught me that who has the right to take another soul's rights away from them, and I found out they did, at least while I was there. However, I did get in a lot of trouble. Because I eventually did go and tell them the truth. And they did not like that truth. I probably could have gotten away with the lie. But in the bigger picture, I would have, in my brain, in my heart, viewed myself as a liar. And something in me didn't want to do that. It got me in trouble not only with my parents and my community. It got me in trouble with people going to my work and telling my boss things, like, I better watch it, all because I told the truth. And the truth was, all along, as a younger child, I used to tell my mom, I cannot live in this community that I was raised in because everyone has to lie so that everyone can live by those hard rules that don't actually give us a chance to live. So everyone lies and pretends that they're doing what everybody else is doing, and they go to great pains to do it. And as a result, I never attached to the community. I never wanted to be part of it. And then I had to adopt the behaviors Of them, meaning to lie about what I did or wanted to do to fit in. And then I told my mom, there's no way I could live in this community as an adult. I will not be able to live here." I had no idea where I was going, but I knew at 12 years old I could not live there. So I didn't want to lie like them and I told the truth and you would think that I just took some tambourines and just kept hitting them over and over again because it put shockwaves through the community because they wouldn't be able to perpetuate the lies that they were living. Scientists really, they don't really know what prevents all of us from lying all the time. Some believe Like that, just telling the truth is a norm and we internalize or as a result of conflict in our brains between the things we want and the positive vision of ourselves, we try to maintain and prevent that mechanism from taking over in us. Which is also the reason why we get so upset when someone lies to us because we know the struggle. But we look at them as someone who couldn't handle the struggle, and we get upset at them because we know they made a choice, a lesser choice that their standards were really low for how they were going to deal with their own self honesty because at the end of the day we are we are our own judges about our own Honesty. And there's a Duke psychologist who says, and that internal judge is what differentiates psychopaths and non-psychopaths. I had somebody who writes on my page a lot, and she's a self-proclaimed liar, or he, I can't remember. Their, their name is androgynous, like you could go both ways with that. And because I know that, and I know when they put things on my page, I'm like, none of that is true. They may be asking, but they don't want the answer because I've answered these things before. And one day, there was somebody who was asking me questions early on in in my work. And I'm answering, you know, I want to change the world. And once I was done spending so much time with this person, they go, wow, you know, you must have nothing to do that you spent all this time with me. And I said, well, that just took care of that. It'll never happen again. You guys, I have three seconds. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.